This is Tracy with Women Remnant Warriors Bible Study for the meeting on Thursday, September 16th, 2021. God is doing so many things in each of us right now, and God is taking care of things faster than I ever remember before in my life. Seems like each week somebody has a new testimony. It's not just the little things that he's doing. He's making big things happen in our lives. He is ready for us to see him and hear him and obey him. And in asking God to show us what needs to be circumcised from our lives, he's leading us down a path of change and healing. Things we'd never thought that were problems before or things we thought we had dealt with in our lives, that we'd already taken care of stuff, God is bringing to light and telling us that he wants to deliver us. He's saying, I will deliver you from this. God wants to free us from anything that's holding us back from his peace and joy and anything that's keeping us from hearing him. The thing that God brought to mind to talk about today is forgiveness. There's many verses in the Bible about forgiveness and unforgiveness. This is something that can be hard to talk about because it brings back hard memories. It brings back hurt. You may have already been delivered from past hurt. Or you may be hurting right now and holding a grudge and unforgiveness. Or you may have thought you dealt with something, but then something happens or someone says something and it triggers a memory. And the fear and the pain and the misery and the unforgiveness take over your thoughts again. That's an attack of the enemy. He likes to remind us of hurts and heartaches, and he likes to open our emotions so that we put the offense on repeat in our mind. Then we are stuck in unforgiveness. There are hurts, there are sins that are done to us that maybe changed our lives, and we think that person would deserve all the bad that could ever happen to them, and maybe they do, but they are God's creation also, and it's up to God what punishment they get. God wants to deliver you from hurt, pain, and injustice. Deliver. This word means to surrender something or someone to another, to hand over, like to deliver a criminal to the police. Just like that, you can hand over your offender to God for judgment and punishment. But it takes a conscious effort to do this. We must choose to forgive. But when you choose to forgive and are delivered, then you are free from the bondage that this offender has had on you. You can't move around freely if you're tied to a criminal. Psalms 37:40 tells us, And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them, because they trust in Him. It's hard to forgive and forget. Our brains are designed for memory. That's how we learn. So, we remember the pain, and we get angry, and we want them to pay for the hurt that they've caused us or someone in our family. But Romans 12, 2 tells us, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The world thinks, let's get them back. Let's hurt them. Let's make them miserable. But God is telling us here, change the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This tells us that God knows how our flesh thinks, and he's given us instruction. Change the way we think, not fleshly, not worldly, but holy. How do we do that? By choosing to know and believe that God loves you. God has forgiven you. God wants good things for you. 
Have faith in knowing what God has done for you already. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He has forgiven you. And he says, vengeance is mine. He will take care of your hurt and your offender. Hurt leads to anger. Ephesians 4, 26, 27 tells us, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. God works all things for good for them that love him. John 15 and 7 tells us, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in him. Remain in his word. Read his word. Let it speak to you. Let God speak to you. And you talk to him about what's going on, about your hurt. We are grafted into God. We are his children. Think of an apple tree. A farmer has an apple tree that's strong and healthy, and then he has one that's not growing. It's looking sad and wilted and dead. There's no apples, just dry, thin leaves. Have you ever felt like that? You just feel so sad, and you just feel so dry, and you just feel like you're not growing. Then you take God's hand because it's always reaching out for you. He will pull you in. He cuts off the dead leaves and he places you inside of his kingdom. And you immediately get nutrients and new life and new growth from him. As you grow in him, you strengthen. You gain boldness and it starts to produce sweet fruit. God is our vine. We hold on to his strength and he uproots all the weeds around us. The strength and closeness with God causes us to desire to forgive so that we can grow and become closer to God. We want to get rid of that anguish. In Luke twenty three thirty four, Jesus is hanging on the cross after being beaten and tortured, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Jesus knows hurt and heartache. And he tells us to follow him, grow more like him. Jesus is the great forgiver. Forgiveness brings peace and love that reflects in our lives. So why does it matter whether or not we forgive? God commands us to forgive. He requires us to forgive. He forgave us, so we must forgive others. Forgiveness is to pardon, to overlook an offense, to treat the offender as not guilty, just like Christ has done for us and just like he continues to do for us. Philippians 2.5 tells us, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Jesus knows that people lets the enemy use them against you and your family. Peter asked Jesus about forgiving in Matthew 18.21. Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Matthew six fourteen through and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Matthew 18 explains this further. It tells of a man that owes the king millions of dollars, but he couldn't pay. The king was sending the man and his family to prison for the debt. The man begged for forgiveness. The king felt sympathy, and he forgave his debt. But this man was not thankful. He went to someone that owed him just thousands and demanded payment. They couldn't pay. So he had the man put in prison. 
When the king heard this, he was upset. He had the first man put into prison after all, and he had to pay the millions back. God is telling us, don't do this. We must be thankful for all that he has forgiven us of, and we must be forgiving. Matthew 18.35 tells us, That's what my Heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. The root of anger is thinking that something has been taken from you. Someone took your reputation by telling lies. Someone took your family, maybe through adultery, divorce, accidental death like a drunk driver situation. Someone stole your youth or stole your innocence. They owe you. You know, even road rage, we're seeing just people are angry. People are killing people because they think they took their place in line or they took up their time because they were just going too slow and wouldn't get out of their way. This causes a debt-to-debtor relationship. You are angry because someone owes you. Matthew six twelve, in Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray, he added, And forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. This does not only mean money. So in Mark eleven twenty five, he says, But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Colossians three thirteen, We are to make allowances for others' faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Forgiveness is beautiful when we bask in the forgiveness that Christ gives us, but it can be very hard when we're the ones that has to forgive. Psalms 103 reminds us of God's character and goodness, and we're supposed to strive for this. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. So we know that unforgiveness involves fear, anger, vengeance, and bitterness. But forgiveness brings cleansing and healing. It empowers us to release the offender, release the prison bars that are actually holding us hostage. Forgiveness allows us to walk in freedom and God's love. Then his love can overflow from us to others. Jeremiah seventeen nine. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Right here, God's Word tells us that we sometimes hide the truth of what's going on inside of us. Our hearts are deceitful. You know, oh, they didn't hurt us, really. We, uh, we're better than that. We, we can't hold on to hurt, but we don't deal with it. We may have been able to push hurt behind us, but we didn't turn it loose. We may know that we're holding something against someone right now, or we may not realize it until something triggers a memory of something that someone did. Either way, God does not want us walking in hurt, anger, resentment, or guilt. God is ready to deliver you. Jesus didn't wait on an apology for the sins of the world before he went to the cross. Thank God he chose forgiveness. He chose to go to that cross to forgive us while we were still sinners. We can ask God if there's unforgiveness in us. He will show us. We can ask God to help us let it go. 
we must remember who we are in Christ. I am daughter of the King. I am forgiven. I am loved. I do not need to hold on to earthly happenings. I can turn this heart over to God, release the prison doors of my heart, and follow Jesus with freedom. We must have faith. We must trust God to take care of the situation and the person. This thing, These things are not going to matter in heaven. So we need to make sure and turn them loose now. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Mark eleven twenty two and 26 Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. You know, we hear this verse telling us that we can move mountains by faith all the time. But the stipulation verse is left out. We can move mountains with faith if we first forgive. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5 tells us, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. You know, this is the second time just in these talkings that he's telling us, listen to what I say, which is read my word and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will you will gain knowledge of God. Proverbs 1 and 12 tells us wisdom will save you from evil people, from those who words, whose words are twisted. Psalms 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. If you pray this, if you tell God this, he will start working with things in your life things that you may thought you've already dealt with, but he can completely go ahead and finish the deliverance. He can take it away. So have faith in your heart that God will provide the peace and the joy and the love that comes with forgiveness. Choose to release the offender. This doesn't say what they did was not wrong. It says that you no longer hold on to hard feelings for them. Choose to see them as God's creation, just like you are. Choose to know that they are listening to lies of Satan, so they don't really know what they are doing. The warfare is spiritual. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but against dark principalities. Choose to forgive and release and fill that hurt with God's love for you. Choose to remember And hold on to the fact that God forgives you and God loves you. So we must forgive 
and love also. If Satan can keep your heart active in your mind, he's got you distracted. He's got your focus off of God. Ask God to be able to recognize Satan's tactics fast so that you can cast them down. Philippians 4 and 8 tells us, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And God will never leave us in despair. Psalms 145, 13 and 14 says, The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. So if you are burdened with hurt and unforgiveness, the Lord promises if you forgive, he will forgive you and free you from that bondage. One way we know that we're forgiving is when a memory pops up, we can say God's grace is bigger than what you've done to me or how you made me feel. God's love has replaced that hurt. So I'm not justifying what someone has done, um, even if you forgive them. But you can look at their sin, you can look at their offense, and you can look it right in the face and say, this sin is enormous. It is worthy of death. However, I forgive this wrong because I have been forgiven of my many wrongs. God does not say the sin is okay just because you forgive. Some offenses are horrendous. Rape, murder, stealing, betrayal. God calls all of this sin. But he chose the death of his son as the price paid. The reason God forgives our sins is because Christ died in our place. He also died for the people who sinned against him while he was hanging on that cross. And for the people that have sinned against us. Forgiveness is accepting the sacrifice of Christ that he has paid in full for us, for all of us. Usually there's reconciliation when there's forgiveness, but that is not always possible, and it's not always safe. Paul tells us in Romans twelve eighteen, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. Paul is telling us to do everything we can, but there are people that are just not going to want to fix the relationship They will continue in their hurtful attitudes and in their sins. There's a difference in reconciliation and forgiveness. Forgiveness is when you make a choice not to get back at the person who sinned against you, and you release the hurt from your heart. Reconciliation goes a step further. It restores, reunites, and rejoins separated people. Forgiveness is hard, but reconciliation can be harder. You can make a move toward reconciliation. And that would be great if you're reunited. But always know, just because you have forgiven doesn't mean the other person's heart or actions have changed. We can always know, though, that Jesus reconciles to us, always. He draws us close and assures us that we are still his friend and we are still his follower. Matthew chapter 10, verses 21 and 22. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child. And children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. Um, Matthew 10 and 16 tells us, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. 
but beware of men. So beware. Some people are not going to welcome your forgiveness and won't like your inner peace that they see. And they will be convicted by the Holy Spirit in you. But continue to live in forgiveness and peace. And if that means you need to love them from a distance, just pray for God to change their hearts. Proverbs 23, 6 through 9 actually tells us to stay away from certain people. The NLT version says, Don't eat with people who are stingy. Don't desire their delicacies. They are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. You will throw up what little you've eaten, and your compliments will be wasted. Don't waste your breath on fools, for they will despise the wisest advice. Proverbs 23, verses 19 through 21. My child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty, and too much sleep clothes them, clothes them in rags. Forgiveness does not require us to throw away our own wisdom. If someone steals money from your business, you can forgive without leaving them at the cash register again the next day. We can be wise toward people and exercise sound judgment in our future with people. Our attitude, though, should never be vengeful, but use discernment and stand strong in what's right. Proverbs 16, verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. So you may really be surprised at the people that you can actually reunite and reconcile with when God gets in the picture. Romans twelve nineteen tells us, Dear friends, Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Colossians 3.13 Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. John 8 and 36 If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So you are free. When you've released the person and you've forgiven, it is cleansing and freedom and it gives peace to our heavy hearts. If the person you need to forgive is yourself, Romans 5, 8 tells us that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans three twenty three, everyone has sinned. We have all fallen short of the God's glorious standard. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So remember, there is no condemnation from Christ. It is hard to believe that, or sometimes people make it, they is it hard to believe that because of Christ's death, all your sins are completely forgiven. Ephesians 1 7 tells us he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Some people may feel that they have so much sin in their life that they can't come to God. They've just done too much. Others may feel that they don't have sin in their life. You know, they're a good person. So why should they take it to the Lord? Both can be quieted by 1 John 1 verses 8 and 9. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. God knew we would goof up 
He told us exactly what to do. Ask for forgiveness from him. And when appropriate, ask others for their forgiveness. Release the offender. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So no matter what condemnation the devil has been whispering in your ear, he is a liar. And he wants to cause you to be useless to the kingdom of God. Forgiving is not justifying what's been done, but it's believing God's word. God forgives you. It's a choice, and it takes courage and strength to forgive others. But God is our strength, and God is our courage. And it also gives you the opportunity to become an overcomer and not the victim. So, forgiveness is a choice. And once we realize how much God has done for us, and how much He loves us, and how much He has forgiven us, We want to obey His command to forgive. We can choose to forgive, and God will help us. Holy Spirit is a great comforter and a great guider. 2 Peter 1 and verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us unto Himself. We can only do what He asks of us because His power enables us. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability, the power to release the person and forgive. The Holy Spirit comforts and healing takes place. The key to freedom and receiving and giving true forgiveness is change. Renewing your mind. Change your mind from what the world says. God is not keeping track of your sins that you've repented for. And He's not making you pay. Jesus already paid. So change your thoughts. Renew your mind about the offenses of others. Second Corinthians 10, verse 5, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. He captures their rebellious thoughts and teaches them to obey Christ. Then in Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. How do we love our enemies? With God's love and repentance and forgiveness in our hearts. After we extend compassion on the person, then release them from your heart prison and forgive them their trespasses. Your heart is finally free to love them as one of God's creations. Bless them, do good, and pray for them. David says in Psalms 86, 5, O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. So we can pray Psalms 139, 24. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And you can pray this and truly be ready for what He reveals to us. God will give you direction and strength and wisdom to cut things away and grow in His love. Um, Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14, tells us about Paul's courage. He, he knew how to have courage and move on. Paul had some pretty major things to put behind him. He arrested and murdered Christians. So we can move forward in trusting Christ to put things back together for us. 
So Philippians 3, 13 and 14. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. And he's talking about perfection. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach to the end of the race and receive the holy prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us.